welcome to Sex and Everything Else podcast. A podcast which teaches you about sex, relationships and different forms of sex and even how to be good at it. In today's episode, we have ourselves with Monica Thomas. She is a sex coach and the host of the Sexploitation podcast. She was a full-time radio announcer in Alaska, moved to Japan, then she started as exploration with Monica because she wanted to accelerate the conversation around empowered consensual sexuality so she became a realtor after she started the podcast let's hear her story how do you actually think that people can actually you know keep up their sex life during this pandemic so like you said there are some stuff like you know uh, dating on zoom and all that but do you, I, i kind of think that majorly some important part is missing but when you're alone i mean like when you're not with a partner or when, when you're not, when you're all entirely alone how do you think that someone can actually keep up their sex life um how to um how to be alone and how to um get into a relationship um that's a good question so when you're first in a relationship and you're really looking so you know it it takes a while i think to get to know someone and i think you know okay so i'll talk about dating in the united states cuz that's what i know more about um but in the united states usually the expectation is that you're going to kiss on the first date and then you're going to I mean this is a little sex in the city thing but like the sex in the city rule is that you have sex on the third date which is like way too soon in my opinion if you're really going to get to know each other like if you're just going to have fling after fling after fling and like hopefully it worked out and maybe you get to know each other like great that's super but it's so hard to get to know someone and so I'm doing my little covid dating right now on tinder so you know i only swipe right on people that have like a full description like you have to actually say who you are and what you like in the description you can't just have your picture cuz that's not going to help and then you know so i tell people that you know here's my covid dating strategy and we can do socially distant dating so we can go on hikes or we can you know get some takeout and meet in my backyard and you know i'm I'm dating multiple people and I'm in many ways also waiting for them to choose me. Like if they're emotionally unavailable, like you know, what am I going to do? Try to talk them into, the, you know. And actually I'm also not telling them that I have a radio show about sex. Because as soon as you tell someone that you have a radio show about sex, they're all like, "Hey, baby, let's have sex yeah. right now." <laughs> and that's too much for me. But um so I've got a couple people and I did finally tell them that I do have a radio show about sex but we're still doing the socially distant thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to I mean how do you not tell them about the passion in your life, right? Yeah. Um but luckily so he dealt with it and he's, you know, not creepy about it, so that's awesome. And uh you know, I think we're still getting to know each other and it's been like four or five dates and you know i think it might take you know especially since we're not seeing each other so frequently um you know once every couple of weeks 
you know, it might take a while and it's okay to be just friends, you know? It, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong. I mean, I know that there's this thing about like putting someone in the friend zone, but I don't think that's something to be afraid of because many a time have I, you know, as a straight woman decided, oh, you know, I really do care about this man and, you know, moved him, like upgraded him from friend zone to, you know, friend with benefits or relationship status, you know, just depending on where we are in each other's lives. You know, it's totally possible. Wow. And, you know, this, this question kind of popped into my mind because uh, I've seen many Hollywood movies and many, uh, many of the movies where when people are having sex, they are like totally conscious about what they're actually doing sometimes in some of the movies. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. But so it's, it, movie, it, so it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's possible, like, you know, being conscious all the time, like, you know, exactly what is happening, you know, exactly how to proceed with the exact uh you know the the way that you used to do it do you think it's possible like to like you know when you are kissing you're like you have to close your eyes mostly people who could close their eyes and they would actually kiss so do you think it's possible for people to be fully conscious and fully aware during the sex well so we all have blind spots about relationships and we also all have you know, our wounds from, you know, how we were raised and, you know, whether or not we're healthy attachment style or, you know, we avoid attachment. I mean, there's a lot of different things to look at when you are, you know, evaluating a partner and whether or not you guys are a match. I mean, there's some interesting quizzes that I've been putting on my website, like, you know, are you a dopamine person or are you a serotonin person? Or are you a testosterone estrogen person? Personally, I'm a testosterone estrogen person. So I really like really manly men and, and really manly men try to, you know, generally they end up with rather estrogenic type females and, but dopamine people, they are like about the thrills. So, or skydiving or bungee jumping or scuba diving. So the dopamine people tend to end up with each other. And then serotonin people, you know, they just want to be, you know, relaxed and, you know, they're like the Netflix and chill couple. And so like the people who like really are a serotonin matchers, they also will do Netflix and chill with each other. So it's kind of, you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways that you can match up with, you know, potential partners, you know, and you can take a bajillion quizzes. It is fun, you know, figure out like, you know, what are my strengths and challenges and, you know, how am I going to stay more conscious in my next relationship? And I really feel like one beginning step would be to own your own feelings. We've already talked about this, but when you're in a discussion with a loved one and someone's hurt your feelings, instead of blaming them and shaming them because they weren't psychic and they didn't know how you would feel when they did what they did, instead try something else. Like just use I statements, you know, I think, I feel, you know, when 
you didn't call me back for 48 hours. I had an expectation that you would call me back in 24 hours because that's generally, you know, my relationship standard. And I would like to invite you to discuss with me whether or not we would be able to make that our relationship standard. And instead of like really being hurt and they should have just known better, like that is a really big relationship trap because no one can read your mind and they're not going to have the same life experiences that you have, right? And so it really helps is if you can just take a step back and just be like, okay, I felt this way. And it's because of my wiring. It's because of my past experiences, my childhood, my trauma, my previous failed relationships. Right. And so what you have to do is just, you know, say, I'm sure I just trust them, trust that they didn't mean to hurt your feelings and say, I know that you probably didn't intend to hurt my feelings, but this is how I felt. And, you know, maybe this is why I felt this way from my past experience. But then you can really start to say, you know, it's not your fault. You didn't make me feel anything, but I just felt that way. And then, <clears throat> you know, how can we move forward in a way that we can both you know, you can't really prevent your partner from being triggered by you ever because we all make mistakes and we all have triggers. Um, but you can, you know, show your partner that you care about their feelings and, and try to work together to move forward in a positive and healthy way. You know, you can't control each other's behavior. You know, you, you can't be like, don't ever make me feel jealous, mm -hmm. you know, which jealousy is a big problem for a lot of people, but jealousy isn't love, you know, and there's ways around it, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, the sentence that every, every time when being in a relationship, people talk is that it's not you, it's me. <laughs> the concept oh, yeah, of, but it yeah. Always is. yeah, it's always, it's not you, it's, but it is me, right? Like it is my, and it's even like my judgment and my experience and mm. my, you know, my pain around this particular issue. It's, it's not really, yeah, it's never you. Right. Cool. Like anytime you're like, you did something wrong. Like how many fingers are pointing back at you? Right. Yeah. Like four. They're all. <laughs> I didn't think of that perspective earlier, actually. <laughs> That's a good one. Right. So previously we talked about like, uh, what's this good pawn and bad pawn. I mean, like, seriously, only after actually uh, hearing you say about that, I just came to know, like, there's this concept called good porn or bad porn. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, most of the times when people say that if you're watching porn, uh, even it will affect your sex life, everything that it will create an expectation. Like, that's exactly how your partner and you should probably would happen. I mean, that's entirely <laughs> it's not possible because right? that's dominant. Because that's totally yeah. how people have sex. Yeah, totally. It, <laughs> just like porn. Okay. So the big problem in the world is that people aren't talking about sex in their families and then they're not talking about it in school. And then people, you know, become like 13 and they start to be curious about friends, sex, and then they ask their friends and then, you know, they get handed some porn or whatever. And, and the thing is, as you start to think like sex and porn 
like that's your only exposure to sex. So you're getting your sexual education out of pornography. And my friend Reed Mahalko says, you know, if you are getting your sex ed out of porn, it's like learning how to drive, watching the fast and the furious. So lots of car crashes yeah. and chaos, and that's not how real people do it, right? Like, <laughs> first of all, you drive slower. And what we learn from porn, well, there's a lot of things that we, you know, that are not healthy things that we learn from porn. First of all, that everyone is always perfectly aroused, mm -hmm. you know, and that Okay, so in porn, you know, people's arousal, it starts like high, right? They're already ready to go. And then they go straight for genital sex. And then, you know, there's not like someone loses their erection or someone needs some lube or whatever. Is There's no mention of lube or, you know, just the ebb and flow of arousal, which is perfectly natural. I mean, perfectly healthy, perfectly natural. And everyone has it. Everyone, you know, has moments where they're like, oh, actually, I'm just noticing I'm a little bit soft. And just because you're a little bit soft doesn't mean you're not certainly there for your partner and you have like 10 fingers and that's a good time too. And there's always kissing and the ebbs and flows, you know, whatever's naturally authentic to you is what you should do. And so the ebbs and flows are one of the ways that porn kind of misleads us. And do you know what the money shot is? Not exactly, I guess. No, I, I don't think so. Okay. So the money shot in porn is when the guy ejaculates mm -hmm. and he takes his penis out of the woman and he shows his ejaculating penis to uh. the viewers like squirt, 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 you know? Yeah. And it's funny because that doesn't feel very good, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's very unnatural for men to take their penis out and like, display it to the people who aren't watching. Mm -hmm. And it also doesn't feel good to the woman either because, you know, if a woman is really turned on and tuned in, she will feel some amount of orgasm in her body just from being connected to her partner. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't play with her clitoris because you should, or someone should, or she should play with her clitoris, or you should have a toy, but someone needs to play with the clitoris because women are not having orgasms if no one touches their clitoris because that's not how women come. And many women fake orgasm yeah. because no one is touching their clitoris and they're afraid to take the power of the clitoris into their own hands and play with their clitoris. And it's important because I think something like 20% of women can come from only having like, you know, not direct clitoral stimulation. And that's because some women are, you know, the clitoris is actually pretty big and it's got legs, you know? So if you look up at a diagram, you know, you'll see the, the clitoris has legs and you can like stimulate the clitoris by like stroking down the vulva. 
And so you'll actually be getting the, the labia majora and minora on the other side, on each side of the vulva. And you'll actually be able to stimulate parts of the clitoris down there as well. And then of course there's the clitoris that's the, that at the top and you know, you wanna give that some love too and then do the thing and, 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 and that's all part of foreplay and you're getting everyone nice and aroused and fluffy and engorged. And that way you can have better sex and a lot of things, you know, women have more erectile tissue than men. Isn't that great? So what happens is when a woman really gets aroused, you know, her labia are gonna get puffy and pink or um, purple or brown it just depends on the woman. And so what happens is all of that blood flow like goes to the woman's pussy and she gets really, you know, turned on, things start to feel really good. She gets lubricated. And then the other really good thing is that, you know, well, okay. So some funny things happen when we get really aroused. First of all, our cerebral cortex shuts down. So you should always negotiate with someone before you guys get turned on. Because once you're turned on and then you start like changing the rules, that's not really fair. Because sometimes, especially if you're under the influence of alcohol and you're aroused, your judgment just really isn't there. So that's really important to think about. But, you know, so you want to really start thinking about like, you know, what, what am I negotiating? What am I into? What are, you know, what are my needs and boundaries, you know, and really start to, and communicating is also really hot, you know, because you both, you know, want to give each other good experiences, right? You're both there for mutual pleasure. So communicating is never bad. And I think, you know, early and often is the way to go. Um, but also your pain tolerance will increase um, when you're turned on. <laughs> so, you know, for instance, so you start like sucking on someone's nipple and it feels really good. And then once they get more turned on, you can nibble a little bit harder, mm -hmm. you know, and you're starting to stimulate the, the sympathetic nervous system by, you know, giving more sensation and ramping up. And then of course, you know, when someone orgasms and guys know this very well, you know, as soon as you guys ejaculate, your penis becomes so sensitive, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, oh, oh my God, don't touch me. Oh, right. So that is totally normal. Every guy has that mm. same experience. You can have an orgasm without ejaculating. And when you can do that, then you can start having multiple orgasms. Hey, you can have sex longer. Yeah. It's really awesome. It's like a tantric thing. Um, so that's really good. That's a good thing to learn how to do. And then um, women can also have multiple orgasms. Um, that is more well known, obviously. Mm. Um, I mean, there's just so much to learn. I could just talk about sex for days. <laughs> I mean, did you know that women have three different kinds of orgasms. I mean, there's so much that we don't talk about yeah. in sex ed. So women have um, kind of more of a clitoral or a 
you know, a, like a clitoral, like a traditional straight up clitoral orgasms. Um, and then there's the G-spot orgasm, which is squirting. Many people know about female ejaculation, but you know, they didn't talk about that in my sex ed class, even when I was in college, they didn't really, they're like, well, we don't really know. And I was like, okay, excuse me, excuse me, teacher. I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I did. And um, I'd, I'd seen it, right? Like I saw it um, at the porn palace. They had like mm. a demonstration and a woman squirted. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then finally, like I had a guest on mm. my show and told me exactly how it does happen and anyone can do it and I can do it. It's amazing. <laughs> but you know, if you don't know it's possible, mm then you're definitely not going to know, you know, the little buttons and levers to push. Yeah. And actually, you know, it's a G spot and there's like certain amounts of pressure and it feels really different. And, you know, if you think it's peeing, then you aren't going to want to do it, but it's not peeing. It's lovely. And you could do it for a long time. You just have to stay hydrated and have a towel. It's really important. Oh, you know, the interesting part about is that uh, the terminology, which every which the, every single thing that you mentioned is like one of the things was G-spot and that was actually taught by my friend of mine, who's a girl. So, I mean, like, it's not like men, the only problem with men is that they will know the, uh, you know, practical orientation and everything and stuff. But when the communication happens, like when the girl tells exactly like what to do, they won't be able to understand the terminology of what exactly to be done. As far as... Uh, like the people that I've, you know, seen and the, when they actually talk, they always said that the sex actually happens in a normal flow. So you said a lot of communication happens before that, like having particular boundaries. I mean, like exactly what to do. I mean, like, uh, it's, it's not like, um, I would say writing an exam, but still it's like, you know, uh, going to an exam where you're not prepared, but still you're ready to face with all the questions. So whatever is also actually possible. So I guess sometimes some things that it will change the perspective of the people on exactly how to approach it, sex, I guess. So this, this is actually really good on every single topic that you talked. So I guess people really get help a lot on that. Yeah. I didn't tell you about the third kind of female orgasm, yeah. which is the cervical orgasm. Mm -hmm. And I just learned about that one from a Tantra teacher, maybe a couple weeks ago. And so I'm going to have her on again so mm -hmm. she can tell me you know, how to do it. And it's funny because, you know, I am really sensitive about having my cervix touched because to me that only happens in a gynecological exam or kind of like, you know, accidentally, but apparently, you know, you have to be like really relaxed and really turned on and you start making like a different kind of fluid. And it's more of a creamy kind of uh, ejaculate. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is or where mm. it comes from, um, but I'm going to learn more about it. Oh. And that's going to be exciting. <laughs> that was yeah. learning. And I've been doing this radio show for 14 years and there's always more to learn mm. because we are so, I mean, we're so uptight about sexuality yeah. and, and, you know, even in India, they have the Kama Sutra and, yeah. you know, they have like all of this history of sexual exploration, but it's not widely distributed in the culture. It just is so hidden and esoteric. It's, I mean, 
you know, you might as well be Puritans. What's going on, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, in one of the episodes, you actually uh, mentioned about the, what you mentioned right now, the trend. tantric sex manifestation so how do you, i mean like i was really intrigued by the thought that to use sexual energy to make things happen i mean like yeah. how does one actually do i mean like that that was really big uh, stuff when i actually saw that particular word in the entire sentence it was really it really it was really confusing for me so how, please explain how do you actually do that yeah okay <clears throat> so human beings are energy beings, right? Mm. So we have bodies, but we have a lot of us that is energy. Mm. And this energy, you know, when you are turned on and when, you know, all of your chakras are lit up with sensation and mm. you're open and you're connecting with another person and you certainly want to use your intentions so you have to consciously intend for something to happen but i know this stuff is real and here's how i know so i went through a phase where i was polyamorous do you know what polyamorous is i can have heard about it but not exactly know the meaning okay. of it okay so i'll explain polyamory is when you can have more than one partner and uh, everyone yeah. knows so you really communicate clearly you know you know you are my boyfriend but i'm going to have like this half boyfriend yeah, yeah, yeah. over here <laughs> <laughs> you know like i only see him every now and then it doesn't mean as much to me as you you know you're my committed life partner guy and you know you know and then sometimes we can also have three sums and you know you can have a girlfriend and i love her and she's so nice and everything is okay it's not cheating it's not the same as cheating Con- cheating is also known as consensual or non-consensual non-monogamy this is consensual non-monogamy so you have an agreement you make that that agreement in advance you know you make sure you talk about your boundaries and your needs and your thoughts and your desires and everything that's yummy to you and everything that would be scary and you work it out in advance so this is not the same as cheating at all but okay so i was with my partner and i had you know another relationship and when i had an orgasm with my partner my paramour would text me like that moment and that happened to me like so many times i can't even like maybe 20 times like every time that you are having an orgasm with someone else your partner or another partner is going to text you or email you because something in the universe in the flow yeah. is all like and they're all like Boop. Monica and then they text you and it's really interesting. I don't know how or why. Okay. So, and this has to do with sex magic and mm. tantric manifestation, right? Because we're all energy beings. And so what we do is we do a meditation. And we focus on all of the energy centers. and we bless the energy centers and move up the energy centers, you know, and we're like imagining the colors for the chakras and imagining them opening and sending you know extra loving energy to um the quantum field okay so um 
there's an like another chakra like your eighth chakra that is right above your head like 16 inches or 40 centimeters um, and that's your portal to the quantum field and so you bless everything all the way up and i imagine that you could do this with a partner but you could do this also while having sex so i have another episode that's about sex magic and you know all of the Sexploration with Monica episodes are archived on my website. So you can go to the search box and type in sex magic, and that will bring you to the episode where this couple has been practicing sex magic in their relationship. And it's just like an upward spiral where they like have an intention and this is what they want to create. And then they create it together, both through sex and meditation. And they literally see what they want in the world and say yes to it and make things happen. And that's a lot of what this tantric sex manifestation is all about. Um, Evelina Rose, who is one of the tantricas that I interviewed, also has this practice called femifestation. And so, what femifesting is, is so manifesting is like, you know, you set a goal, you have an intention, and you make it happen just in the outside world. But in femifesting, what you do is you already live in the reality of the world that you want, and you have gratitude for what is. And you start you know, creating this world in your subconscious and your lived experience of gratitude and love and positive emotions and, and really like sending that out there and really living in like, you know, she was giving the example of living with a friend and really imagining that they already lived in their new apartment. Like, oh, don't you love the drapes and all the light in the summer? And oh, the garden is just so magical. And really like living in the reality that you're going to create in the future because you know that it really exists and you're just bringing it to you more quickly. It's a really cool practice. It's called uh, festing. Mm -hmm. And she has a free like meditation on her website at evelinarose.com and look for femifesting. It's a really cool practice. That's great. That's great. Uh, the, the thing is that I can clearly understand like you guys, uh, I mean, like, you know, people who are having different cultures or having different sort of practices. And one of the practices that Indian culture we have is that uh, it's, it's kind of a rule, I would say. Uh, it's like we shouldn't have sex before marriage. Okay. And the interesting part about this is that uh, when we are getting an arranged marriage, for example, when two families meet uh, in a matrimony or in a website, like because you, you, you guys call it Tinder, we call it like somewhat in the matrimonies, like it's kind of a different terminology. So, I mean, like it's not the same. It's uh, totally wide, except two uh, partners meet. There will be like two families will meet and they would fix up their children, like for marriage and everything and stuff. So it's like having sex it's an entirely different stranger. I mean, like most of the times what will happen is that when they get married, uh, they'll be having something called first night. So first night is when that you're having sex during your first night together. And imagine it's like, you what could go wrong? Yeah. I mean, like, but 
like no one i mean that we don't know that person and also like, you both don't know yeah. about having sex so you don't really know how to pleasure each other and no one talks about it and yeah so it it, it it's it's really a something that i don't know why but I mean, like sometimes people actually do it. Um, the interesting part about Indian movies is that uh, when hero and the heroine they have sex before the marriage or anything, the heroine would cry saying that my virginity is gone. I mean, like it's like when people are doing it, they're not actually thinking about what they're doing it. But after it's done, the heroine will cry. I always imagine the hero would never cry. because uh, he's a guy that's how it's being portrayed he's a guy he's enjoy the he's enjoy the moment and he doesn't matter what happens next but for a girl what happens is that um you know she had sex and uh, her virginity is gone and that's it her life is gone that's how it's being portrayed right. for entirely mm-hmm. so that part it's actually i mean like for me i don't think like people have to give importance to that so much when like sometimes you have sex like you said you know the polyamorous like it, it doesn't mean that much when you're having sex with someone else Well, but just because you're mean? sexually experienced doesn't mean you're yeah. a bad person. Yeah, um, exactly. It's not that. Know. So that's something and that it, and and if you're a woman, it doesn't mean like being a slut isn't te- I mean, it's like of course people are trying to own that like mm. I'm such a slut in like a good way and good for them. But, you know, just because a woman has had, you know, carnal knowledge doesn't mean that, you know, she's dirty. Yeah. and we really have to respect that about female sexuality like women who have experience are not bad or wrong for those mm. experiences that's one of the first things that we need to do in establishing equality and sexual freedom um the other thing that i think is important i don't know if they do this in india but they totally do this in the united states they um they say oh well we can't you know lose your vagina virginity but we can lose other kinds of virginity so let's do, do this they do they do <laughs> yeah and some of the problem is that women aren't fully getting the equity mm-hmm. there like a lot of the practices that are the guys that come up with oh well we don't you know you're not losing your virginity but we're doing this mm-hmm. don't end up in her having an orgasm Mm-hmm. and that's wrong so you shouldn't do that and you should also negotiate it before you get turned on and when you're not drunk so that's important i'll just say that again and the other thing is so you know certain kinds of oral sex and you know anal sex is really a very sacred and powerful thing mm-hmm. so certainly not something that you should be trying to convince a woman to do anytime that a woman is like mm, maybe not maybe i don't know a maybe is a no you know it just a no it's a no it it and it also you know isn't like check in later and see you know maybe she changed her mind you know it's just a no and then find out what things that you could do mm. together to feel more connected to each other and there are an infinite number of possibilities like maybe it could be massages or you know it and it and it you could, you know one of the things that i used to do is mutual masturbation mm. you know because the whole thing of like you know on the third day you have to have sex but i kind of wanted to know 
like what our chemistry was like before yeah. that. And so, you know, if I was really getting along with someone, I'd have like, because I wasn't ready to have like mm. penis vagina intercourse with someone that I, you know, maybe it was the second date, but you know, who knows, you know, was it great? I don't know. And so um, what I would do is, you know, we would be making out and then, you know, we just think, oh, well, we could just watch each other masturbate and it's perfectly safe, mm. right? And you both are having an orgasm and you get to share it together. But then, you know, you don't have to worry about pregnancy. You don't have to yeah. worry about STIs. You know, the world is your oyster and it is kind of hot to know how someone likes to be touched mm. and to also know like, guys, if you can figure it out how to have sex with a woman and like have her play with her clitoris or, you know, figure out how she likes her clitoris to be played with and then you can do it. That's the magic. Yeah. And that's the tough thing to do, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, so, so just, just a couple of questions before going into the closing is that, um, so I've always heard this term called the men should always be on the sto- on the top. So it's not like the women, uh, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I know th- that's not on your culture, I guess. <laughs> so it's, it's like the fact like, that. No, no, that's not true. That's yeah. not true. It's like they all the ones should always uh, be in control of it. I mean, like, uh, uh, so th- one of the reasons is that uh, for us guys in India or in the, some of the Asian countries, uh, like we're not allowed to have sex. So we probably would seen a lot than have it. So that's one of the reasons that the common misconception yeah. coming into the head that, you no, know, is... no, they come over here on their <laughs> H1N1 visas and they're in tech, right? So they get a nice tech job in the United States and they think, oh my God, I'm in yeah. Texas, my virginity at 34. And we get a lot of guys like that. And it's hard because, mm. you know, the sex education just wasn't there. And there's a lot of like, awkwardness that we need to get but you know that's what we're here for in sex ed and i am happy i don't know if i mentioned that i'm a sex coach as well and there are so many strategies for self-care and good communication and creating win-win in your negotiation because you're not gonna be able to go deeper in a relationship if you're not both getting good things out of it Mm. so you have to really like hold your ego back really like listen to what the other person is thinking feeling and wanting and if you can figure out what someone else desires and then find a way to give it to them that is magic jackpot (laughs) that will be of course obviously it will happen so yeah yeah that's cool so do you think that it's it's actually uh like how to say oh no and there's so many positions oh my god yeah okay so there's like okay the kama sutra has like a huge chart of like mm. all these amazing positions and you should really try them all like why not just yeah you know check a couple off each week you know it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be like all at once <laughs> but okay so a lot of guys like doggy style. That's like a total thing in mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah, yeah. But I think part of the reason that they like it is because they can really focus on their own pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of the times, you know, first 
the woman needs to have an orgasm, right? So they're like really focusing on her pleasure and they're like doing all the buttons and the nails and the switches and they're like, how do I do this? And, uh, and all the different, let's get a toy and all the different like things that you have to do to get a woman to orgasm. And they are kind of cutting off from their own pleasure and sensation because they're trying not mm. to have an orgasm because the trick with mother nature is that men can have an orgasm in seven minutes and it takes a woman 15 minutes. And that's if you're both equally aroused and, mm. you know, like pretty much like that's masturbation territory for you. Um, a man can come in seven minutes and then women double that. And for many women during sex, like for me, sometimes, you know, the first time I have sex with someone, I can't have an orgasm because I don't know them well enough yeah. and I don't feel safe enough. And that's kind of why I wouldn't really want to have, you know, a one night stand because there's just not really anything in it for me. I know that's selfish, but it's true. And the other thing is that, you know, a lot of women, they don't come from penetration you know, they either need someone to play with their clitoris to play with their clitoris themselves or a toy, or they need someone to go down on them. And that's something that you can do. That's a gift that keeps on giving, you know, just make friends, you know, like know that you're going to be down there for a long time, get comfortable with it and like really start to enjoy the feelings on your mouth and your lips and your tongue. And you can, you don't have to just do your tongue. You can stimulate with your chin and your face, like when your tongue gets tired, cause you know, that little, <laughs> that kind of can yeah. get sore on your teeth. Mm -hmm. And so if you need to take a break, you know, you can like do your chin or you can do your hands for a minute. You know, you can check in, be like, how you doing up there, you know? like play with some nipples yeah. it's all possible you just have to like you know pace yourself mm. and like really feel into what feels good for you too because a big thing of giving pleasure is you can't just tune out of mm. your own sensations you have to you know you're gonna hopefully be connected to each other even when you're down there, you know, mm. all the time during the entire experience. And you should be able to capitalize on those mirror neurons. So we have mirror neurons in our brain where we actually feel what the other person feels because we both share the same brain chemicals. And like watching someone else experience pleasure, like you will actually experience some of that pleasure. So sometimes when you're really connected, you can start to develop a little bit of psychic powers and be like, oh, I know what's gonna feel good to you next. Like after a little bit of, you know, labia majora stimulation, then you can go for some introitus, you know, the entrance to the pussy and, you know, a little bit of teasing in and out, or, you know, do you use um, a lot that I find, you know, quite pleasurable is when a man is wearing a condom and instead of going straight in, if he uses his, and this is safe too, because he's wearing a condom. So if he's rubbing his hard cock on the outside of my vagina, so, you know, the, the 
the the vulva is kind of like you know like this and then you know anything around here is like the pressure actually gets through to the clitoris so that feels really good and that'll start you know helping her lubricate more although in my opinion you should always check with your hand and you need to have a clean hand so do not do not start making out and expect to have sex without washing your hands because that's gross. And you could give her a yeast infection or a bacterial infection or whatever kind of infection, and that's not good. So wash your hands. It's true with COVID, it's true with sex. It's two great tastes that taste great together. Hand washing is important. So, so wash your hands and then you can play. And that way, oh, and here's a tip. Okay, so if you're having a threesome, which you're like, when am I going to have a threesome? Yeah. But, you know, you can dream and it might happen. You don't know. Just be open to the possibility. Like maybe you get a girlfriend who's like, you know what I would love to try. Mm. You could probably have a threesome and then not have penis vagina intercourse. And then you'd all still be virgins. <laughs> yeah, but I think we, that's the dream of many guys, okay. I would say. So anyway, the safer sex tip when you're having a threesome so you're maybe like just exchanging hand sex or oral sex or whatever so you're having a threesome and the way to keep it safe is you have one hand for one partner and then the other hand for the other partner so you just know that this is jane and then this is rebecca right and so you just know that i'm going to touch jane over here and then anytime you need to like change then you wash your hands and that way she's not going to be you know anything that she has she's not going to get do you know what i mean so yeah. that's how you keep it safe and there's lots of little strategies where the more educated you are about sexuality there's like just no stopping all of the possibilities it's really fun you know, wow. oh, <laughs> so yeah. I call this the search for fun enlightenment, right? Because it's an upward spiral where mm. we're all becoming more conscious and we're all becoming, you know, more like open and loving. And, and because we're communicating about what we need and what we want, we're all getting what we want. And then, you know, more possibilities become available to us because we're trusting that our, where our friend is going to take care of us, you know, that they, you know, aren't intentionally hurting our feelings and we can actually be honest with them about what feels good and what doesn't feel good, which brings me to the love sandwich. So <clears throat> the love sandwich, have you ever been experiencing pleasure and it's not as good as it could be it's like uh, kind of hurting and then you're like oh what do i do and i don't it's awkward and yeah. you don't know how to say anything yeah exactly right. happens to everyone this is so yeah. normal okay so what you do is you say it lovingly right mm -hmm. so you say i really love it that you're touching me or i really love it that you're going down on me or you know whatever is true and say it in a positive way i really love it that you're going down on me. It's such a gift and your mouth is amazing. And it would really feel even better if you removed your, you know, if you didn't give me so much teeth, right? Like mm. if you could kind of sort of figure it out that not so much, you know, cause I'm feeling, and, the, and then when they're doing it right, 
then you say, oh, that feels so good. So yeah. it's called the love sandwich and it's reward. So you're, it's like something good. Mm -hmm. And then you say, could be even better if, and then you say, oh, so amazing. And that's the love sandwich. And it's actually Evelina Rose that taught that to me. I mean, literally maybe 10 years ago. And it is just so golden because that way you can give someone improving information. And, you know, people are only having sex with you because they want you to feel good. Yeah. They're not like trying to hurt you, obviously. And it's because of our fear and shame that we don't know how to say something right away and then we stop being turned on and then we really get kind of up in our head and we stop being authentic and what we really have to do is just stay positive stay in the moment really still be wanting to connect with each other and be hey i love it that you want to give me pleasure and that feels so good with your fingers but it would feel even better if you would like grip my penis even more strongly or mm. whatever it is true and then oh that feels so good oh even softer or even harder or whatever even more you know and then and then you can kind of get the upward spiral going and then you're like it's good Oh, that's that's really great. I mean, like, I guess if people could listen to your podcast a lot, they would actually get a lot of uh, more strategies. I just want. To... No, Sorry, that's my father. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess people could hear a lot of strategies when people listen to your podcast and everything. So I kind of wanted to ask this final question that I ask to every single guest on uh, four of my shows. So what I actually ask is that like uh, the best tip that you could ever give. Okay, according to their field. So your field is sex coaching. So what would be your best tip? I was about to ask, but it seems like you're given a lot of tips that's actually the best of all time that you know people might have heard so far. I'm like, oh, the best tip. Okay, well, yeah. hmm. Okay, I know the best tip, actually. This mm -hmm. is a, a, a tip that's close to my heart. So we hate it when someone says no to us, don't we? It's like, oh, you know, and then it's hard not to take it personally, like, oh my God, maybe they don't like me or whatever, but it's never about you. We've already discussed that, right? Mm, yeah. So it's never about you. And what you have to say to someone when they say no to you mm -hmm. is you just say, you know, thank you for taking care of yourself and letting me know, you know, thank you for so, thank you so much because I would never never want to do anything to you that you didn't like yeah and i really am honored that you felt so safe with me that you could tell me your truth and so thank you for taking care of yourself and like really you know just let them know that mm. oh my gosh i would never want to do anything that you didn't like and then you can start to brainstorm like other things that actually they would like and rather than being like oh, <laughs> you know you're not going to be like yeah. super sad about it well, well i, I guess, I guess that's a really great care tip. of yourself yeah yeah i guess that's it's like you know 
even though you are on the planet like you know satisfying other people like helping them and all that stuff it's just the ultimatum comes into if you're not happy then obviously you can't make others happy so i guess that's how like it always happens you just have to make yourself happy first then obviously the ultimatum happens you can make others happy so oh, that's absolutely yeah. and you really have to listen to your own desires and boundaries you know if you are a no to something you really have to speak up because no one is going to we do not have psychic powers yeah. and we live in a culture that's very hierarchical and we're and we're kind of trained not to speak up and to like and basically what starts happening is like someone keeps pushing push 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 on the thing that you don't like and then you start to get into your reactivity you get really angry you lose your temper and you're like ah i'm so angry with you ah you know and it's scary and and you're triggered and they're triggered and they didn't mean to hear you and it's not good so speak your boundaries early and often and when someone's a no to you it's not about you it's about their experiences and their wounds and their traumas and we all have them and it's okay and you just thank them for telling you the truth about how they feel cuz you want to make them happy you can do it that's great that's good that's great so monica uh, we just have to come to the end of the show right now so i mean like if people want to find you and your podcast and your work and if people want to approach you tell us where we can do that yeah okay so i have a facebook page mm-hmm. for sex exploration with monica so that's the best place um to ask me questions and you know get news and updates about sexuality so the sex exploration with monica facebook page and my name is spelled a little bit differently so it's m o n i k a so sex exploration with monica and my website is where you get all the podcasts and you know you can search for whatever interests you in the search box um i would say you know limit your search to like I don't know a couple character um a couple words like maybe two or one word you know just to see what comes up and um sexplorationwithmonica.com is the URL and you can also find me on you um well YouTube and iTunes and I mean just all over the place you know I'm on um uh I'm radio free yourself on Instagram and um I'm a sex ed coach So if you have any questions you can always email me anywhere and um oh yeah so you can email me at sexplorationwithmonica@gmail.com Oh that's good man guys I will of course link everything in the description below so you can find it right away and it's easy, it's easy to find it on Instagram as well because I mean like how many people would have with the username of radio free yourself so obviously yeah, it's easy to radio find. free yourself radio free you Yeah so you can guys find that and uh, Monica thank you so much for coming out to the podcast it's really means a oh, lot Oh my pleasure my pleasure yeah, it's, it's like so fun <laughs> it was I mean like there are a lot of things that I've uh, learned I guess people from different culture right now when they hear this obviously they will learn a lot of stuff as well and uh, maybe if someone is I mean like achieved something after hearing this please email her guys and email me as well i just want to know whether that's my podcast that actually worked so that would be totally great so yeah yeah thanks. no it would be so fun to hear what you got out of this interview out of just listening well that's great thanks monica again for coming on the show and Thank guys you. i'll see you next week
Thank you so much guys for listening to this podcast. If you want to get featured on the show and talk about what is next to you and your experience of it, then DM us on Instagram at sex and everything else. Make sure you subscribe and share the podcast as much as possible. Take care guys. Cheers.